What if the Bermuda Triangle is missing a point and it's actually the Bermuda Rectangle? How do magnets work? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Yo! Welcome back to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal case, tale, or beast and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. You are joined by the two most illustrious paranormal investigators in this galaxy. My name's Kit Grimalvena. This guy across from me is Roy Powers. That's right, guys. Welcome to 2020. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be bringing you a whole ton of new investigations with my best pal, Kit Greer. As with every week, folks, we don't have any time to mess around. We're going to dive right into today's investigation. Today, we are traveling, Rory, to the Bolson de Mapimi in Durango, Mexico. This is a, a mostly flat desert landscape surrounded in the distance by hills and mountains. But it's also a biological reserve and research area, complete with a research center, which is where one Hector Alvarez worked. And in 2013, Hector's personal handwritten journal notes started turning up on paranormal and conspiracy message boards. At first, he was just documenting the day-to-day of his graveyard shifts, uh, walking around the facility, you know, kind of night at the museum style. Right, yeah. (laughs) He claimed that on these late-night shifts, weird stuff would happen. This is what we like to hear, guys, because did you say this was a laboratory in the mountains? Yes, research center in the desert. In the desert? Yeah. Look, there's only a couple people who would put a research center in the desert, all right? And that's the government doing Mm -hmm. shady stuff. That's right. Possibly a Bond villain or maybe some very smart snakes. (laughs) Some sort of university for reptiles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So at least you know if if someone's leaking handwritten notes from this desert lab, it's going to be some some confidential stuff. It's going to be salacious. I think the other people who might have a research center underneath the desert might be... I'm pretty sure it's a plot of a Resident Evil movie. Yeah. uh, Potentially. You'd be kind of pissed if you found all these secret documents and you're like, oh my god, would it... It was a snake. It was just snakes. A lot of this is just about eating eggs. (laughs) These aren't even pages from a journal. This is just snakeskin. Old snakeskin. Hector felt that whilst weird stuff was happening time and again at the facility, the upper management just weren't really listening or cared. You know, all those uh, fat cats at the research center work the cushy nine to five. They don't know what shit goes down at the twilight hour. All those fat cats working the snakes (laughs) till their back breaks. And it's tough because they're basically just one long back those poor guys it's hard to get health insurance whenever you're a slithering back (laughs) so for hector's own sanity he wanted to start keeping a record because he's he's mentally noting this stuff telling it to the higher ups and they're just swatting it away so he's like look i'm gonna start documenting this i'll tell goddamn whoever needs to know smart now this stuff in the journal uh was largely pretty small ironic because it's a biological center They do a lot of weather research and they have some uh, weather measuring equipment. So he was noticing that on days that were plainly fine, it's the desert, let's be real. The weather doesn't change very much. It's hot and sandy 365 days of the year. Yeah. They might as well just keep a little timer on that. It's like, wake me up if it snows. Otherwise, I don't need to know. But whenever he would go to check the readings, some of the equipment 
was saying that the weather was like extreme that there was gale force winds that there was uh, rain that there was stuff that plainly was not happening or on one night for example while hector was walking through an empty office all at once a bunch of computers turned on of their own accord and started playing white noise out of nowhere that's pretty terrifying this is weird he claimed that it kept playing even after he pulled the speaker plugs out of the walls what like that's some horror movie stuff i I would not be going back to work the next day after that happens yeah that's terrifying the next day hector tells the it guy he goes down and checks it out he opens up a couple of the computers and he says it looks like the computer's motherboard has melted under extreme heat and then things got really weird hector wrote about seeing glowing triangles floating outside at night and with it there would always be quote an odd sound and the rushing of air but after watching these things for a couple of minutes not believing his eyes they would disappear again instantly this is crazy you know usually when we were investigating a story within the first five minutes we can kind of get an idea of what we're dealing with here right you know you see a specter floating down the stairs that's a ghost you see a man with an axe who's half goat half human that's a cryptid or a man who a goat still pretty weird and pretty paranormal. paranormal we understand these things you're telling me computers are melting there's blizzards in the desert triangles yeah. Flowing, the most paranormal shape of all time? <laughs> That's what the pyramids are. It's true. All the most paranormal shit, including the paranormal pyramid of truth I've uh, mentioned on podcast before. Uh, I don't remember if I said it was a pyramid, but it, it's a paranormal shape. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything that Hector's mentioning, there's something creepy about it because it's all so subjective. And like I joke about it being night in the museum, but this is all just happening to Hector. No one else is around. And indeed, no one believes him. It's kind of creepy to think that the noise starts playing out of nowhere or you see like a glowing shape outside. This is all stuff that could make you feel like you're going crazy. Yeah. You don't know whether it's real or not. This is Toy Story, but instead of Buzz and Woody, you've got rogue computers and electric triangles <laughs> flying through the <laughs> desert. And then... After almost exactly three months of diary uploads, Hector's diary stops. And when someone contacted Mapimi Preserve, they said Hector just left one day and didn't come back. He just didn't turn up for work the next day. The only problem is his car was still in the car park. Where is Hector today? To understand what is going on here, we need to go further back in time. We're on the same location where on one night in 1970, shepherds in nearby hills looked up into the night sky and saw something bright tear along the sky, falling downwards. If you're a shepherd and you see something bright in the sky, you're like rubbing your hands together. You're like, this is it, boys. (laughs) Talking to your sheep. Jesus V2. We've done it. We were the chosen ones. They're going to (laughs) write songs about us and stuff what's frankincense do we have any of that i was right for packing my lucky little piece of mirror i don't even (laughs) know what mirror is but i have a piece of my back pocket he checks his back pocket i changed my goddamn trousers before i left the house i can't believe this i can't believe my luck the goddamn messiah is gonna be back and i don't have a gift can we all just like go in on the the frankincense say it's like a group thing no, dude, only one shepherd, one gift per shepherd. Ah, oh, Christ. 
They finally meet him. We bring gifts. Gold. Frankincense. And 12 chicken McNuggets. <laughs> I'm starting to think one of these is a, a, a truck stop <laughs> gift. No, no. One of them's an air freshener. One rancher heard his cattle moving and mooing, agitated by something. And when he ran over to their enclosure, they too were looking up at this strange light and it sent them into a blind panic. They bashed into each other and then into the gate, breaking it open. Once free, they started running into the valley. The next day, in the nearby town, the few people who had seen the light talked about what it could have been. Ah, probably a meteor or maybe just a shooting star. Except a couple of the shepherds weren't convinced. Listen, bro, my cows, they're hard as nails. You think they've never seen a shooting star? These cows live in a, a, a beautiful starlit desert valley yeah that's they, their they, netflix <laughs> shooting stars that's all they see if anything that's their relaxing uh, netflix log burning fire uh helps them get to sleep there's no way they'd get spooked yeah. by a shooting star it's ridiculous and they were pretty much right because it became immediately apparent that something else was up within days u.s government vehicles started rolling into time whoa which is by the way in the middle of nowhere yeah, these guys yeah. have no business here Suddenly, Air Force helicopters and planes are flying overhead as if they're looking for something. And after three weeks of searching, they seem to find what they were looking for. They set up a perimeter on one exact spot and built provisions all around it. They even built an airstrip in this patch of desert. And it, there was a railway line, like somewhat nearby, and they built a new extension onto the railway line that led up just to this exact spot. That's where, crazy. Where they were, uh, where they built the airstrip and everything around it. That's crazy. Now, Rory, as a veteran paranormal investigator, which, by the way, uh, surprisingly doesn't entitle you to any kind of veteran's discount. No, I try. I've tried everywhere as well. <laughs> oh, that, that's interesting. Uh, what division you, were you in? Uh, podcaster. Get out. <laughs> Get out immediately. Yeah. Telling people that you're a veteran of the paranormal wars <laughs> will actually not only not get you a discount, but right. actually get you ejected from a lot of venues. Yeah. Some other veterans usually start crowding around you at that point, uh, yeah. put you in a headlock, <laughs> yeah. and start, start nooging you. A lot of the real veterans actually beat the shit out of me once at Wimbledon when I tried to hop over the counter and grab a chili dog. It's probably because you're trying to get a chili dog at Wimbledon. You, they, normally, it's strawberries and cream. They didn't have any chili dogs. Of course. I brought the dogs from home. I brought the dogs from home. I brought the chili from work. I thought I'd make it on the Why counter. Why did you need to hop was... the counter? You could have at least stood on the wrong side of the counter. And I didn't made want them to dog. think I wanted to make a purchase. I didn't want the strawberries. I didn't want the cream. So you wanted them to think you worked there? I or wanted you were a, a mother chili dog and to watch andy murray serving up balls at what point did you tell him you were a veteran by the way what does that have to do with anything i actually announced it via megaphone as i tried to make it onto the field chili dog in hand you were wearing all white for some reason as if you were playing the game chili all down your goddamn shirt <laughs> waving the white flag of war <laughs> of surrender you mean not the way i was throwing punches he stabbed a guy with a surrender flag. What I'm saying is, even in 2020, the current year, a lot of people look down at members of the uh, the paranormal profession. It's disgusting. We have to fight that every day. Yeah. So well, what I mean to ask, Rory, is that as a paranormal investigator, we've now got a few clues about what Uncle Sam is looking for. Uh, what, what's your first instinct? 
Look, any we have a lot of cases where the government rolls up to investigate a site. One of the ways that you can tell how important this is, is first off, if Project Blue Books stick their beaks in it, which seems to be every other case we investigate. Sure. Even when it's not about UFOs, if it's just like a weird looking bird, they'll show Someone up and got kill like it. like a, a twice the size Dorito. Yeah, they're Blue there. Blue Book will be there. Um, but here we have them essentially setting up base. You're talking about building a train station essentially in the desert so that they can examine something, something that that is on this location. And it seems like maybe for some reason they can't remove it. Right. Because a lot of times they roll into town, they gank a bunch of stuff and they roll out. They take it back to uh, Area 51. They take it back to the Pentagon. That's but, a great point. It's rare to see them like struggle with something. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really interesting case. I'm very excited to see where this one goes. The truth surprised everyone. It wasn't a meteor from another planet or indeed a UFO that the army were investigating. It was a missile, allegedly a US test missile. We know this because at the time, once they set up this perimeter, they actually hired a local security force to guard the site. So we know firsthand what was in there because they're goddamn loudmouths. Okay. (laughs) I like the idea of the US military making all these locals sign NDAs. And then at the end of the night, they all go to the same bar to drink tequila with their like childhood friends. And they're like, oh, yeah, they found a missile in the desert. Just leaking it all. Leaking it all. But once they had dug out this missile and actually, interestingly, dug up a bunch of the earth around it, they loaded it all onto trains and took it away on that new railway line. For many, they assumed that this was how the story of this valley ended. But in truth, it was only beginning. The locals began wondering, why did this missile crash there in the first place? The desert valley obviously wasn't the intended target, given that the military didn't even know where the missile was for three weeks. Right. But while some of the locals worked in the area during the military operation, they noticed some weird stuff. Their compasses wouldn't work in the area. It would just spin around like crazy Mm. or just point in clearly the wrong direction. Not only that, but it was impossible to communicate by radio or walkie-talkie. No matter how close or far away you were, the signal was scrambled into white noise. More and more people started to talk about the mysterious effects of this area, and the local press even started writing about it. They called it Zona del Silencio, or the Zone of Silence, after its effect of silencing all communication or electromagnetic waves. Is this after the object was removed from the desert, or while the object was in the desert? I think it was while, and then afterwards as well. Afterwards as well? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, okay, that's way weirder. And the believers in its effects were known as Zoneros. And the more mysterious effects they looked for, the more they found. It started coming together like a little puzzle. Even the local plants and wildlife were somehow different inside the zone of silence. The plants and animals were bigger, stronger, more, quote, robust than outside the zone. Allegedly, there were sightings of coyotes twice the normal size. Whoa! The desert tortoises in the area were growing, apparently, strange triangle shapes on their shells. (laughs) (laughs) Even according to some researchers, 
There was a scientific study which I couldn't find, isn't available online or anywhere, apparently basically no one has ever seen, but that found the local people and animals had a slightly different blood type in inside the zone of silence. You really need some some evidence to back a claim like that up. Different blood type is, is it, real. It's, it's a big claim. Pretty easily testable as well, you would think. Like I can imagine, sure, a turtle with biceps and a six pack with a <laughs> shell shaped like a Toblerone. <laughs> but I don't, as soon as you start saying humans have different blood types in the zone of silence, I, I, you don't know. I'm going to need some receipts. Yeah, I'm going to need some, some, lab, uh, some lab papers. Have you ever seen the Netflix movie Annihilation? I have, yeah. This is reminding me a lot about Annihilation. Yeah. We might have talked about it before on the podcast. That's a fantastic movie. It's Rec- a definitely goddamn treat. Uh, it's fantastic. It's like unbelievably high concept but like very believable as well yeah um this is a little bit like that where the paranormal effects of a place of a geographical location actually mutate the dna of plants and animals inside it over time you know i'm if this place does exist and still mutates people and especially makes them even more jacked (laughs) i'm not opposed to a little excursion i just want to know what the risk is of me getting a dorito head (laughs) versus me getting a six pack right i want it because if it's like 10 percent chance at dorito head 90 percent chance at six pack i'll take those odds you'll take it okay it's like a classic monkey paw problem you wish for a goddamn (laughs) eight pack and right uh uh-oh they're all shaped like cornettos (laughs) (laughs) all all eight of them sticking out of you like spikes (laughs) but what about the missile How did the zone of silence pull it out of the sky in the first place? That's maybe even harder to explain. We know that the zone scrambles electronic communications, but could it do that? Well, they did get one other clue from 1969 when the Allende meteorite crash landed in the exact same area, give or take 100 miles. And also that meteorite is pretty famous. I do recommend looking it up. I think I read somewhere that it's the most studied or like researched meteorite of all time um i Mm. think because it crashed like right around the space race and like the landing on the moon and everything so we didn't have that much access i guess to samples from space like fresh samples as well and it was all kind of new technology so people were um really excited to investigate it and it turns out it's something like 18 million years older than our entire solar system whoa so yeah not just earth but the whole things sun and all Jesus. which is so hard to wrap your head around yeah oh my god but it's like way older than me yeah well yeah by a bit because i least. was like because i'm like I'm, I'm getting up there you know but even this right. is like old yeah well it's That's like crazy. a bit of a different scale i mean you but, could t- like my lifetime's like 30 is even is even shorter yeah of course it's Spa- shorter like than, space is crazy because this is like i mean to put it in context i think or I think the solar system is probably like 4.5 billion years old. Yeah. So like even so my dad, even my dad wasn't around or like his dad. Yeah. No, definitely not. Or no. Like my great, great granddad. I mean, it doesn't matter how many, like how many, it's crazy. how far you back even, you go in ancestors because even before, your dad. Right. Wasn't around. That seems like a weird slight, but uh, yeah, no. That old ass son of a bitch. Okay. That's that enough. crusty old fossil. <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter how far back you go. It doesn't matter if it's my dad, my granddad granddad's dad great granddad humans is old yeah humans have only been alive for two hundred thousand years this is 4.6 billion years ago that's a very different scale so not even like don't 
say it. Don't even say what you're about Not to say. Not even like my mum's dad. You already said granddad. That's what that is. Yeah, but like, because the families are different. Who I don't know how. No, that doesn't make any difference Uh-oh. whatsoever. Your mum's dad is like, would be like what? Like What's a dinosaur? years old. What's a dinosaur? This isn't the time. Okay. We can talk about that later. Yeah, probably. That would be good. That, that really helped me. Help me out how when they we were around. Get this far in the podcast and you don't understand how time works. Because uh, I've seen the movie Jurassic Park, but that was pretty recent. So I was like, if they're still here, then they're not. They weren't. Did you see the movie? That's the point. They're not. Yeah, I saw it. So they brought. I saw them a back. T-Rex rip a dude in half. Okay. On the screen, but All you right? understand that they had to bring them back after sixty-four million years. Yeah, I saw. I, I they told they teach you how they did it. Mr. DNA told me how they did it, kid. I understand the I process the of bringing them back. But it does seem a little weird that where this missile crashed, about a year previous, there was uh, the Allende meteorite crash. Same location, give or take. Not only that, but in the 1930s, a man named Francisco Sarabia was flying his plane over this zone of silence when his radio mysteriously stopped and the plane crashed. They figured out that whatever mysterious waves are coming out of the zone of silence are creating a vortex that pulls stuff out of the sky. Wow. This is kind of like the Bermuda Triangle, but on land. You can probably tell where this is going. The Zoneros started seeing stuff in the sky. They started seeing UFOs, the works. During their research, they claimed to, quote, see and hear beings from other worlds. And this got them thinking, what if these conditions, the communication blackout, the magnetic gravitational vortex, create the perfect conditions for extraterrestrial visitation? Wow. What if this is some kind of intergalactic airport? (laughs) I like it. I like the ideas. Uh, So this became a pretty popular hangout uh, for UFO enthusiasts, hunters of the paranormal, There's a lot of different theories going on. I have to say, like, some of this case is a little bit of a mess from that uh, viewpoint. Um, Like, there's a host of people who think that there is an ancient race of humans living, you guessed it, underneath Earth, baby. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I like to hear. They're called, they got a pretty cool name, admittedly. They're called Magneto Ten. Wow. So, I don't know if they're real. But, um, listen, this pretty much brings us up to the, the... current day of the zone of silence this place i think initially became a popular attraction for um mexican tourists people who live maybe a little bit away and hear about that it's an interesting spot to come visit right but then it kind of quickly blew up throughout the 70s and 80s especially as you know kind of new age thinking and stuff was kicking off people are more interested in the paranormal yeah and kind of unusual phenomenon so uh it's kind of gone global Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. But Rory, we got to get to the bottom of whether this uh, really, any of it really happened or not. There's a few explanations on the table. One of the most popular is that you you named it. It's so similar to the Bermuda Triangle that I think we've talked about before that it definitely has a lot in common. Now, people have hypothesized that because the zone of silence intersects about three different Mexican states, that it has some kind of special geological location. I've also seen people saying that it ha- it does have some kind of latitudinal relationship to the Bermuda Triangle, maybe the Great Pyramid of Giza, okay, other okay. mysterious sites, other mysterious triangles. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, yeah. That maybe this is imbuing it with some kind of power, you know, in kind of paranormal lore people like to talk about ley lines and the paranormal effects of being on certain geographical locations do you think there's any reality in that quite possibly i mean look anytime you get the u.s government showing up and building bases in a specific location that's always a good start the fact that it looks like they might have been there to recover a missile That makes it a little bit harder to say whether this was just a recovery mission or whether this was a larger operation to examine this mystical triangle of silence. Yeah, the military involvement is tricky. This could be a red herring because them simply being there seems to make this so much more credible. It makes it seem like there's something mysterious and unexplainable about it. But at the same time, the official military line is we up the missile went in the wrong place we right. have to dig it out because it's unsafe now it's safe again good luck to you um we're gone yeah and usually when it comes to a case like this i'd like to see a little more evidence i'd like sure. to see some pictures i'd like course, to see some blood all? samples but you know as we said the the creatures living in this zone are jacked as all hell they're monsters essentially if you send in the toughest and most badass guys to go in there to even like try and wrangle a squirrel yeah. out and bring it back for examination. They're going to get in there and that little nut grabbing bastard is six feet tall, yeah. sunglasses on, and there's a whole army of them. And they're just like, you picked the wrong tree, motherfucker. Yeah. And they, you're getting ripped apart by squirrels, getting beaten down by turtles. There's nothing to take back there. The smallest creatures are too big to take back. So, sure, maybe you your body has changed a little bit while you're in the zone, but I don't know if when you leave the zone, you go back to being normal again. I don't know how this affects a human body. And I guess we've kind of got two slightly different things going on here. 
This place is known as the zone of silence for its silencing of all communications. Mm -hmm. The radio signals don't go in or out. Uh, The magnetic compass spins around uh, whenever you try to use it in this area. But I wonder if this is truly one and the same as the biological effects or if these are two different things. It could also be that maybe the zone of silence stuff is true. Maybe you truly can't take a phone call in there. But Maybe the coyotes aren't twice the size. Right, and yeah. maybe Hector Alvarez just quit his job because he didn't <laughs> like his job. It definitely does seem possible that the communication effects could be true without it also being paranormal. I do like the idea of it being an intergalactic airport where, <laughs> where essentially, I mean, if you imagine that there are UFOs circling the globe essentially 24-7, what they don't realize is when they pass over this tiny little spot of uh, land... You know, it's sending up signals that is jamming radar, throwing compasses off. So as soon as they pass through, their cloaking devices are down. Their windscreen wipers are going like crazy. So everyone on the ground is just being like, we can see them. We can see all these UFOs. (laughs) And then as soon as they're out, back invisible, gone again. You know, or it's the other way around. I kind of like the idea that the communication blackout means that anything can come and go through this spot in the earth ah and not like, be detected yeah you you try to go goddamn take a photo of something in there good luck you try and you know record anything it's not going to happen yeah wow that's that's cool no evidence this would be a great place to set up one of those hipster coffee shops that's like <laughs> we don't have wi-fi <laughs> try talking to each, each other, other. The radio signals are jammed and your compasses do fuck all here. Why don't you have a conversation like they did in medieval times? Also, be careful because the coffee's twice as strong and actually <laughs> might burn your insides a little bit. And the barista's blood type is XYX, which we don't actually know what it means, but it's similar to battery acid. Don't let them bleed on you. So, Rory, at the end of every episode, uh, like it or not, we got to come down to whether this case is truly paranormal or not. Based on, on what we've seen, what are you saying? Yay or nay today? Look, as a guy that's been kicked out of a lot of zones of silence in his life, the library, the quiet coach on the train, Wimbledon. Court. Court. I have a lot of prejudices against silent zones. Right, you're a pretty loud guy. I'm a loud guy. You know, don't shame me for for that. But I didn't bring that prejudice to this case. Yeah. I wanted to come in with an open mind. I wanted all my radio signals to be jammed. I want my compass to be swinging north to south. Yeah. I didn't want to have a clue what was going on. And you achieved that, Kit. Because even because even though we've investigated this case extensively, yeah. I have almost no idea what this thing is. <laughs> Or why it could be doing this. Of course. Uh, we did We did investigate the Bermuda Triangle, right? On a previous episode. I think that was one of yours. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly where we ended up, but I'm pretty sure it was a double no. <laughs> right. And that's kind of the big daddy of the zones of silence. Yeah. It's one of the biggest zones and the most silent zones. Um, but there's a lot of interesting things here. You know, having the military show up, having this guy writing writing uh, secret documents about the computers making weird noises, reports of crazy weather out in the desert, people spotting UFOs. It's one of the things we love where a plot of land itself is paranormal yeah. rather than, you know, something to do with the people that live there or a house that it's built on. Yeah. It's just paranormal ground. Yeah. Unfortunately, 
unless you got a soil sample, paranormal ground is pretty hard to examine. Uh, which right. is well, it's weird. just dirt. It's just dirt until proven spooky. <laughs> well, what are your thoughts? You investigated the case. I love this case, but oh boy, uh, the trouble with this one is, despite this being supposedly present day, despite this being on paper the most provable case ever. On paper, we could just go there today, pull out a compass, pull out a walkie-talkie, test it for ourselves, hang out at nighttime, see if we see some UFOs. Yeah. Because it's, like you say, it's a place. It's not linked to, it wasn't some one event back in time. It's supposed to be happening all the time. And yet, I've never seen a goddamn case with less physical evidence. Right, yeah. It's, It's insane. For all, like... The different research groups have gone to hang out there. Um, I like. There's so much written about this story, but just no pictures, no videos, no I- interviews. Um, it it just seems to be like a lot of a tourist attraction. I mean, and I hate to say it, but even the story of Hector Alvarez, which is so compelling, like I've never seen one of these <laughs> these letters. I've never seen one of these letters. I just see everyone talking about Hector Alvarez and his journal. Um, I I think it would be probably straightforward to work out whether Hector Alvarez ever worked at the preserve center. I don't think he did. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it worries me that this may be uh, more of like a internet creepy pasta almost yeah. than an actual paranormal case. When you've had more physical evidence in cases where you're investigating ghosts, creatures that don't even exist in the physical realm, right? that's usually a red flag. Yeah. So by the signs of what we're coming down on today, folks, I think today is going to be a double no. no. Uh, Damn. Listen, I would love for this one to be proven correct. I would love to go to um, Durango, Mexico and see this for myself. We could do a little road trip. I like the sound of that. Uh, see the zone of silence firsthand. Uh, and then we could always revisit it. Thanks so much to Robin Gardner for sending that one in. A couple of people sent that one in to us. Thanks so much for flagging it, guys. Hope you enjoyed the investigation into the Zona del Silencio. If you have any of your own experiences of the Zone of Silence, please send them in to this Paranormal Life podcast at gmail.com. That being said, there's a number of ways to get in contact. If you're in the zone of silence, please drive three to four miles south, north, east, or west of the zone yeah. in order to email us. Otherwise, it's a big problem. The emails bounce. It's a whole thing. It's a nightmare, frankly. Yeah. We start getting weird triangle emails showing up in our account. Yeah. We sent a guy out there to check it out and his plane just nosedived into the <laughs> sand. Pretty sure he lives there now. He's like 12 foot. There, there are a number of ways to get in contact. You can hit us up on Twitter. That's twitter.com forward slash this para life, facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life. Check out the Secret Society. Yeah. That's where other jacked triangles are hanging out, talking about things that triangles care about. That's the zone of noise. People <laughs> screaming, bashing pots and pans together, yelling at the stars to come down and fight them. Yeah. If you want a good night's sleep, don't log on there within an hour of going to bed. And as always, if you want to be in the 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 secret circle, the where you can learn the secret sauce and get the secret goddamn T-shirt, <laughs> head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. It's 2020, guys, and I know all y'all got some Christmas money. So what better <laughs> way to <laughs> a little threatening? <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't be holding the knife while I say it. Granted, but 
what what better way to start your year right. than with a whole backlog of bonus episodes that you will get as soon as you join us at the This Paranormal Patreon. Listen, it's January. Life sucks. It all, does. All the joy of winter has been and gone. You took down your tree. You threw it in the goddamn trash. You're carrying a little holiday weight, frankly. Of course. Uh, you know, life isn't so sweet. And sometimes just to get through, just to ease yourself into the new year, you just need a couple uh, laughs. Yeah. So check out the bonus feed over on Patreon, where from five bucks a month, you get access to all our bonus episodes. There's a big backlog. 20 bucks a month gets you this paranormal life cults or commune t-shirt. You got to get it right. I got to get it right. It's a new it's year and we got to make sure that we get the message there's, there's right. A lot, there's been a lot of new listeners since the last time I f***ed that up. So we'll take it out. We haven't said that. they won't yeah. know any different. That would be great. That would be ideal. And at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to shout out those who've supported us on Patreon. That's what we're going to do right now. So special thank you to Georgia Gibson. Well, if it isn't Georgia Gibson, the Georgia Gibbon. Whoa. The most violent gibbon to ever be let loose in a zoo. I don't know how they got access to Patreon or PayPal or any of that. What is a gibbon? A bird? A monkey? <laughs> it's a monkey. Okay. I knew it was one or the other. Wait, is it? <laughs> it's a cute as hell monkey, but not Georgia. Georgia's uh, very an- antisocial. Uh, it's kind of while well, the other Gibsons are eating bananas, having a good time swinging around. Georgia is just flicking a butterfly knife. They're like, we don't know how she caught it. But how did? Why would they allow that in a zoo? I think it came from Atlanta, and then right, came know, from the the big city. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, there's a lot of signs that say "Don't feed the animals." Very little that say "Don't give the animals butterfly knives." Yeah. Because that should be pretty much before the food one. Because they could eat some f-ing popcorn. It's They're not, fine it's with not gonna be the end of the. It's not gonna kill all the other Gibbons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't Which give Georgia a Gibbon did. a knife. <laughs> Thanks also to Harley D. Brewbaker. Harley D, the brewer and the baker. Whoa. That's right. He's a baker who bakes his own beer. Insane. It's a little wheaty, sure, because it's mostly just bread and beer in a bottle mashed together. But um, Can you drink it? It's not so much a drink as like a... A loaf? A loaf. <laughs> you can't so much drink it as you can toast it with butter. Okay. Uh, but it does get you pissed. And that's what's important. Ah. Congratulations, Harley, and nailing the alcoholic bread. Special thanks to Ben Hoffman. You know, Hoffman is the kind of name you might give yourself mm-hmm. if you were, in reality, a Mothman. It's pretty similar, but different enough. You know, it doesn't jump to, 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 to mind straight away. That being said, if you do look like you have kind of little bulges on your back where there might be wings we might have taped on some wings yeah if you've got like a couple extra eyes that most humans don't normally have the hoffman might <laughs> give it away you're gonna need more than a name change to fix those problems <laughs> buddy that's like looking like a little shifty demon and calling yourself spring hill jerry <laughs> it's too close just call yourself mike thanks so much ben thanks also to becky baker Becky Baker, the Specky Breaker. That's right, the biggest bully on the playground. (laughs) She she was punching people with glasses nonstop, breaking those Speckies. How is she not expelled? Honestly, I don't understand it either, but by hanging those nerds upside down, she's collected enough collective money to support us on Patreon. And hey, hey, wow. We've, we've, 
we've we've accepted more ill-gotten gains than just punching up weak children. So I'll take it, Becky. I bet they were annoying. Sure, why not? That'll help me sleep at night. Thanks also to Eleanor. Eleanor the Feliner. If it ain't illegal, she ain't doing it. You want to go for a walk in the park? Only if you're not allowed to walk in that park. Yeah. Oh, you see the the don't walk in the grass sign? Stomp, stomp, stomp. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Eleanor doesn't care. You want to go to the movies? Sure, she'll go to the movies and stab someone while the movie's playing. Oh, she didn't need to go to the movies to do that. I thought you were going to say, like, talk all through it or, like, sneak some some popcorn in. Not Technically not illegal also. True, true. So you got to go straight for the stabbing. Okay. So Eleanor's a bit of a liability, but she seems to be on our side, so I'm fine. Thanks also to Martin Syndrome Camargo. I'll tell you what, where Camargo we go because this guy is so paid up wherever he goes he's just leaving fat tips he's just dropping coins left right and center yeah he's like flicking through his wallet and he finds like anything under a 50 pound note is annoying to him that's like chump change he's just throwing it away drops it we're like we need that we need that for the comedy he's like a cartoon billionaire as he walks it kind of like leaks behind him like a flow of cash exactly martin let us be your your entourage. Yeah. We'd like to be your entourage. Thanks also to Wayne Shargolaf and Zoe San Nicolas. Well, we may be in the month of January, but if it isn't, Zoe Old San Nick. <laughs> I don't know what Wayne's relationship to all this is. Yeah, how did he get involved? St. Nick's manager. I guess. Cutting off 10%. That seems kind of mean because... St. Nick is doing it all in the spirit of Christmas. So I don't know what 10% of the spirit of Christmas is, Wayne. Is this 10% of the children's joy? Yeah. Uh, Not really sure. But I hope you guys had a a profitable and enjoyable Christmas period. We know we did. (laughs) But thank you both so much for the support. Thanks also to Sophia Beck. Sophia, not even the zone of silence could stop me from verbalizing how happy... I am about you supporting us on Patreon! Yeah, Jesus. I, I wish you would be signed. I'm Slightly psyched, large. Sophia. I'm psyched about it. And you can send in the military, you can send in UFOs, or some jack turtles to try and shut me down, and I ain't gonna shut up. So thank you. Thanks also to carry cuttlefish. I too would like to carry a cuttlefish in my hands as it cuddled me. Um, I don't know if I need to be underwater for that, or if he can survive above water. I, I think you need to be underwater. I have to be under. Well, as long that's as a deal breaker. It, no, oh, that's a deal breaker oh, for you, me. I'd rather have it dying in my arms okay. than get wet. You don't get a cuttlefish. Oh. Thanks also to Tristan Dorsey. You know what? I endorse Tristan Dorsey. Nice. He's a good man. He granted has a somewhat controversial past uh some sort of sketchy dealings i don't know why you're endorsed it's that you've only mentioned bad things so far he's uh, he's uh, i'll say it, he's a crook he's absolutely <laughs> you endorse him <laughs> <laughs> he's he's connected with all the wrong people um he's That's rude, you, though. belligerent he said his, he was involved with you nasty you shouldn't endorse overall this man. a crook but god damn it if i don't endorse him to be mayor of new york city thanks also to jess stratton jess stratton the queen of manhattan <gasps> born and raised then 
dead than resurrected. <laughs> she's she's a queen of she's the She's a undead queen? <laughs> That's right. She's lived in Manhattan for the last 500 years, longer than anyone else has. This sounds like a Romero zombie movie. The, her, the, the undead queen of Manhattan? Her ancient gothic mansion? Sure. It's now a Burger King. Of but course. she still haunts it like it's her own. <laughs> Jess, I'm glad you haven't moved out. Don't don't let them don't let the gentrification of uh, Manhattan push you to the sides. I don't even know if McDonald's counts or Burger King counts as gentrification. I don't know either. <laughs> Thanks also to Miss Miller, Miss Miller the Cuttlefish Killer. Oh no! She adopted a lot of cuttlefish over the Christmas. You know what they say: cuttlefish is for life, not for Christmas. Right. But, uh, she didn't realize that, uh-oh, they got to be in water, in water. 99.9% of the time. I uh, mean, I would just say 100 if it's that high. And that, sure, because it is high. It's 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999